Oh, I'm mic'd up. Wow. Sorry. It's all loud. Well, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Relaxful. Good food. Hopefully some good fellowship. Oh, good roads. The weather has decided to go from cold to just nasty. <laughs> just nasty. But that's okay because we're here. And I should have anticipated it with Brother Mike preaching. The enemy would try and be petty. <laughs> try and get the roads to get people to be like, nah, I'm not going. But something great's going to happen today, amen? I enjoyed my time with my in-laws. I enjoyed Eagle River. The pass was passable. It was nice. I always enjoy spending time with them. But now, on our lesson, we're going to be looking at the focus verse of John chapter 4, verse 50. And Jesus saith unto them, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and went his way. So we're going to talk today on the lesson from Cana to Capernaum. Amen? So as we go through this lesson, as we go through and we look at this, there are some interesting things that we need to note. Is we just got done with the woman at the well. I know that we went through that lesson, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I find it amazing that he entered into a place where the Jews were no longer seeking him. And what I mean by that is, the Israelites were going to be found visiting the Samaritans. That's just not what they're going to do. But God will. I want you to realize that today, the Spirit of the Lord is here to minister to us. But that doesn't mean He's not working in the bar. Now, I'm not advising that you go sit in the bar. But the Spirit of the Lord is going to work with those who do. He's going to start with those that feel rejected. Those that feel there's no place to go. And if I could ever give a commentary, and I've heard it from backsliders, I don't feel that a backslider should feel more welcome by sin than it does by the church. Because if you pull up to your favorite bar, they'll have your drink ready. They'll pull your stool out. It's so good to see you. I'm so glad you're here. Why is it that sin is going to greet them? 
Amen? Just things. Because Jesus, He wants us all. This, this isn't it. This is not all He desires. We're not the only thing out of this city that God wants to get. And for most of us, we weren't fortunate enough to be birthed into this. That we need to realize it, it's by grace we're in this. Even if you're birthed into this, it's by grace you're in this. And so all of a sudden, he gets done and he comes out after two days. He comes back to Cana. And here, an official son at lists, or a nobleman. So he's in Galilee. He's telling them a prophet has no honor in his own country. Because church, it's hard for the prophetic to operate when all you see is the earthly vessel. And today, I bring that up because we are going to be blessed with Brother Mike's preaching. And he's going to operate prophetically because that's his calling. And we are going to immediately limit what he can do if we are just going to see it as Brother Mike. We're going to restrict, we're going to cut off, and God shall not be getting honor. And so, he's chastising some people, but when he comes to Galilee, the Galileans receive him, it says in verse 45, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So he just got done with the wedding feast. And now, people have heard about Jesus. They have heard some of the things he's doing. Some of them are testifying of the things he's doing because they were there to see it. John opens with the first miracle, the transformation of water to wine. Now, there's, there's much you can preach on this because he starts the miraculous by demonstrating his ability to transform. None of us have it in and of ourselves to transform ourselves into what God desires. That is a work of the Lord and of the Lord only. Now, just like that, that miracle with the water to wine, we need a purified vessel. You need to be filled with the water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But I've watched in sometimes in my own life where I will flow and not retain. Don't let the flow 
leave you empty just because it was poured out. That shouldn't be the way it is either. When it is filled, it was filled out of obedience. We have to realize how much obedience can release. Being obedient will release God to do as he pleases. Because obedience is simply, the lack of it is truly just rebellion. If God tells me to do this and I'm questioning him, I do not trust you and I'm in rebellion. I don't want to obey you. I want you to convince me. Why should I do this? And when I'm doing that, I'm always asking, well, what's going to happen? Right? That's, that's typically, well, if I do this, what's going to happen? How about you honor God by being obedient? That will happen. But this miracle has opened up the avenue for someone to hear about Jesus. We, as the church, need the miraculous. We need the miraculous. I'm not saying chase after the miraculous, but you need those signs following you. Because it is evidence, it is the power of what you're preaching. I am preaching life. We are preaching transformation. If none of us transform, then we don't have the power of what we just preached. We don't. And it is from the miraculous that others are hearing that God is there. People know there's a church. They need to know there's a Jesus. They drive by the building. But when they know the Spirit is moving and they hear that you have a God who does. Not a fairy tale. Not something, oh, I'll see after I'm dead. A God that manifests in His truth. You will find that there are people hurting who will start to show up that you never invited. Because they started to hear what your God was doing. And all it takes is for us to believe. When we believe and God starts to do, all you have to do is tell one. Start to tell people. Because as the miracles get more pronounced, people are going to hear. Those servants knew that water became wine. They knew that was water. And they knew what came out. And I would dare say that what came out was beyond anything that could ever be produced earthly.
You could either argue that it was the wine from the fruit of the Spirit. You could argue that it was the wine that would have been produced by the fruit that Eden could produce. Because we're limited with cursed earth production. And I don't believe the fruit tastes the same anymore because the nature of what the earth brings forth is different. I think there is a more sweet and extravagant taste that Adam tasted on fruit than we ever have. And we know this as Alaskans. Amen? Because, oh my goodness, if I got a qualm about living up here, it is our produce. It's awful. And you don't know it's awful until you taste the difference. And that's the thing. You don't know that each church is different until you can taste the difference. But when that happens, we are going to get to a place where people are showing up and they are wanting and needing this God who does the miraculous. And so the nobleman heard that he was in Cana and his son was sick in Capernaum. Now, if you look from this, he traveled from Capernaum to Cana. And if you were to go on and measure this, the shortest distance is 36 kilometers or 22 miles. And that's not taking into account the path that you would have to travel. That's just straight line distance. This is a journey. That is a long walk. Brother Thomas out there goes on walks. He does not go on 22-mile walks. Over the course of many days, he may add up to that. But I want you to consider for a moment what it is to be a nobleman. A nobleman was not only wealthy, he had power and influence. And he was a landowner. That's what made you noble. Your kid is dying on what you own. And you have no power to stop it. None. There is not enough money for you to buy your way out of this. There is not enough connections you have to exert influence to get your way out of this. Because church, you cannot get yourself out of earthly curse through earthly means. It can't be done. When Adam and Eve transgressed, the earth was cursed and all its resources cannot deliver us from what the earth is cursed into because the resources are bound by that curse too. They can't deliver you from this. This is why the blood of ox and sheep could not take away our sin. 
It was through the blood, but it had to be a blood that wasn't of this. It had to be a divine, heavenly source. And so all of a sudden, this man who has so much power, has so much money, has so much influence, is in a situation where everything he did in life cannot help him. And if you want to see a person become desperate, watch a parent when it comes to their child. Because if it was me, and you told me my child was dying, and they needed a heart transplant, and we don't have one, you need to tell your kid goodbye. I'm telling the doctor, you need to test me. Because if I got a heart that my kid can have, I don't want this one anymore. I'm willing to give what I have that you may live. This is the nature of our Father. I am willing to give what I have that you may live. Full-on sacrifice. Now, I know that the doctors would probably round about a way. I would find a way to get around it. This man is walking a walk of despair. I want you to think about walking this journey. Your kid is dying. And you know he's dying. Every doctor would have told you he is beyond hope. And you hear about this person who does these miracles. And you also would have heard about who with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and how these people were already speaking of this man. Now, I, I have never been rich, but I have been around rich people. And I do know that when you start to move in those circles, your image is important to you. And this man could care less who's going to see him on petition. I really believe that the church misses opportunities when we care about what others will think if we're doing it. Because I told Brother Thomas what Brother Hernandez had told me. The power of a door of repentance. He said it's one of the most powerful things God ever gives you. He said because it's a door you cannot walk through. It's a door you have to crawl through on your face. And he said, but it is a door no enemy can pursue you in because they cannot repent. It becomes your immediate exit. And so God begins to do stuff, but only when we're willing to humble ourselves to ask.
So here comes this nobleman. He doesn't care who's going to see him. He doesn't care how it makes him look. I don't care. There's got to be a place where we stop caring what we look like. The church isn't meant to look normal to the world. It's not. In fact, if you're being called normal by the world, you might want to spend some more time with Jesus. If you're being called a friend by the world, you might want to spend some more time with Jesus. Because there got a point where Jesus, they no longer considered, considered him normal. They called him crazy. This nobleman, he's walking this walk. He's walking the walk of a shred of hope. And I want you to think about times you have been in walks of desperation. And how dark and heavy those walks are. You don't think that that man's last hope was attacked in his mind every step of the way? for 22 miles turn around your boy's dead oh he can't do that oh it's nothing but lies people are exaggerating what happened no that's not really God he'll be dead before you get there on and on why because I know that when I've had to walk walks Boy, you meet the enemy out there, and he's got something to say. He'll talk to you the most he'll ever talk to you while you're on your way to hope. When you are on your way to the answer, you are going to be spoken to by the devil more than ever. Because the devil met Jesus in the wilderness before Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit to meet the people. He was on his way to start preaching. And the devil had to say something first. Now, the Lord, he ordered that. And I want you to understand, the Lord orders the enemy to speak to you too. Because in this moment, as you approach him, he's going to make sure you disarm him and crush what he's been doing. As he shows up, he says this beautiful thing. He says, sir, come ere my child die. And I'll tell you why that's beautiful. Because there is power when we declare, God, you're the only one who can do something. When we start to rely on ourselves, we will prolong the process. The longer we use our own resources, and I'm not talking just money, I'm talking your determination, 
your work ethic, your intelligence, your planning, your strength, whatever it may be that you think you are so great in, let me tell you, God will start a storm until it overwhelms those strengths. Always happens to me. Always seems to happen to others. And it's not because God is cruel. It's because He's trying to show you who He is and how strong He is. I found it amazing that my God could carry my war trauma and never, ever flinch at its weight while I was crushed by it. It's nothing for him to lift it. But I couldn't lift it on my best day. I could only pretend it wasn't killing me. And that's the problem. Is petition levels like this only exist when we stop pretending that death is not imminent. Because that list on our prayer list, if somebody's dying, boy, they're right up there. We're going to pray for you. And if somebody's on the verge of death, you might even get some fasting and prayer. You might get a lock-in. But where is the list when somebody's spiritually dying? Where's the petition? And the weight of this nobleman is we have to understand this is the burden of the church. You are going to carry the burden of a situation. You're going to carry the hopelessness. You're going to carry the despair. You're going to carry the pain for a person you love enough to carry it for because they don't have the ability to get to his feet. You move the sun, he will die. He can't make the journey. Church, there are people who do not have enough faith to make the journey to his feet. But you do. And so God starts to lay people on your heart. God starts to break your heart that you would carry this to him. Because one of the worst things that will happen with a person in the world is if they come out of trauma, they will constantly ask you, well, why did God let this happen? Why did God let this happen? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? What about this and this and this? And I mean, they just have a laundry list. I know I did. And you got to go back to, did you pray about it? Did you ask God to do anything? And I'm not talking a nameless God. Of, oh God, I'm talking, did you come to Jesus? Did you know a believer and ask them, can you please pray? And almost without fail, it's no. And so what they really want is God 
Why did you let all this happen? Why did you not impose your will where you were not invited? God is only allowed to affect what we are willing to hand over because He will not force His will upon our will. And if it is my will to keep the situation in the power of my hand, He will present Himself to try and get me to release that. But I am stopping Him from doing what He desires to do. Now, what Jesus says to me is profound. He says, go thy way, thy son liveth. I want you to see he did not order the healing. He ordered his steps. I'm ordering your steps because at the end of your obedience is your request. At the end of this journey, you will see what you just prayed for. And too often, we become so despaired because we think we find ourselves walking in the same place we've always walked. And yet, what God is doing is sending you on the same path because before those steps were ordered by death. And now he's trying to transform what you was walking in, in pain. He wants you to walk this path now, transforming the soil through joy. Because what was sown in tears will reap in joy. And now it's time to harvest. Why? Because I have a word that says I can. And so... Do you realize how long 22 miles is? I mean, that's, that's a distance. There's no cars, no helicopters, no planes. Of course, there's horses. But I would argue that the man didn't take one. Because when he told them, go thy way, he immediately left because he believed. And he's on his journey. Now I want you to see how powerful go thy way is. He told the demons in the man of Gadara, go. Which means they had no more authority to approach him. Go. He told the woman, the adulteress, go and sin no more. When he spoke that, he did not speak that as a Pharisee laying an impossible burden upon the shoulders. He spoke strength to resist what puts you here. Go and sin no more. Because he released it, you can now go in this thing. You see, some people continue to struggle with their sin because they're not taking it to God to get a word. Oh, I'm going to walk in deliverance because I know it says. I understand that. 
then walk right up to the throne room because it says. Because church, what is going to happen is what we get here is meant to change the steps that brought you here. But we need to stop pretending when we have a petition as if we don't. As he said, go, I want you to understand that in Exodus 14, 15, the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. And what happened? He told them, extend your rod, extend your staff. And he opens a path that if the enemy dare pursue you in it, he will be destroyed. The second God says go, the enemy's pursuit of you is to his destruction. This is why when God orders your steps, the enemy cannot impede them. He has shut access to you. This is why you are going to face temptation. Temptation comes so that you, under your will, will grant access for the demon to come. Because he does not have divine Job access to you. He needs you to choose his presence. And so on this journey, do you realize that it says that a servant came. It says in 51, And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then he inquired them of the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday. You know how long of a walk that is? How long is it how hard is it to get a word right here and keep walking in the joy when time has passed and doubt has its access? Because I left his presence and I'm now walking in obedience and all of a sudden it's like, man. But let me tell you how merciful God is. He sends the man's servants to meet him on the journey to declare that what you have yet seen has come to pass. Keep walking. When Mike gets up here today, I am telling you, he is going to bring word. I don't even know what he's talking about. He's going to bring word for some of you that have had promises in the yesterdays. He is going to declare that it's come to pass. Just keep walking. Sometimes when you can't see the promise, you need to just start putting one foot in front of the other. And you're going to get there. What's so exceptional about this 
is that, so the father knew it was the same hour, his son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. I want you to see what happened when he placed a hopeless situation into God's hands. God used his son's dying breaths to breathe life into his family's faith. He and his house believed, and the Bible declares this. And this was the second miracle Jesus did. But do you know what happened? How many miracles transpired in Capernaum? The woman with the issue of blood. The resurrection of the daughter. We have two blind men healed. We have a demon cast out. There are so many miracles that happened in Capernaum. And it did not happen in Nazareth. Why? Because it said he did not many of his works there because of their unbelief. Do you understand what God intends to do when he gives you a promise as to what he will explode manifesting in the city when you believe that he is who he says he is and that he can do exactly as he said he would. When we get to the journey and we arrive at belief, it changed the access for God's ministry in Capernaum. Everything past that. Why? Because he planted a seed already. Sterling has the church. And we have abundance of promise. If you have no promise, you already have a promise. If it's your first time ever in the church, you have repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is a promise. All you have to do is access it. Position yourself for it. Church, we are on a walk. But the problem is, is sometimes the journey gets so long that I sit down in despair again because I lost what he said. But God cannot lie. God will do exactly as he said he would. And there is nothing Nothing that can stop your progress when God orders your steps to go. None. The only thing that could stop him was himself. If he chose to stop walking. But God is so merciful that he sends his servants to encourage you in the journey. Because even for the most powerful, he told Elijah, 
the journey is too great for you. You cannot walk this walk without each other. You're going to need the words of encouragement. You're going to need a Thomas. You're going to need a Jordan that sits here and tells you, I was in prayer and God showed me something. And he told me to tell you. Because when I couldn't see it, I asked for help. And all of a sudden, Mike reached out to ladies. None of them knew me on a spiritual level. None of them knew my promises. He asked each of these people he trusted, I need you to pray for this man. And give whatever God gives, tell me. And every single thing one of those ladies got, each lady got a different promise God had spoken to me. This one got a completely separate promise, but it was written down in my promise book. This one got a completely separate promise, but it's written down in my promise book. Not because they said it, it was already there. And at the end, Mike capped off, he said, God is with you, just keep walking. I understand that for some of us this morning, our promises seem elusive. They seem out of reach, almost to the point that at times we have compromised and admitted and just given up and said, well, I guess I can just do without this. But this morning, I want you to know, God has ordered the steps of this church we are on our way to promise. You are going to have a prophetic servant tell you what he has seen. Just keep walking. Amen? All right, well, let's get ready. Greet one another. It was a journey. Some of these back roads were nasty. Give them two hugs. Get ready to worship God. Get ready to believe Him for who He is. And get ready to give permission to the prophetic to do its thing. Amen.